today I want to do part two of, of what we started last Sunday, which is on worship. And I want to do a real quick review. So if you, if you feel like I, I want to take notes, but I can't keep up with you, Pastor, you can go on our Facebook page and our website, and you can go and listen to the message, lifechurchrr.com, and there you'll find the Facebook page as well. So today, I want to tell you, remind you that we all worship something. Everybody worships something. You have your love expression where you spend your time, your energy, your, your money. But worship is defined as our response to what we value the most. Our response to what we value the most. Some of us uh, worship shopping. Some of us worship golf. Some of us worship God. And these other things, they're not bad. Golf isn't bad as long as it doesn't play, take the place that precedes God. God has this funny idea that church is all about him. So with that being said, the first commandment says, have no other gods beside me. So we, we realize that everybody worships something. And the second thing, who was the first worshiper? And of course, we found out the answer was Lucifer. And there's actually three named angels that are in the Bible. Michael, who is always uh, involved in prayer. You can find that in Daniel when he was fasting. Then there's Gabriel. He's always involved in giving a message or a word. We find that in the Christmas story with Mary. Uh, He's always involved in the word. But then there's a third angel that's named, and his name is Lucifer. And he is involved in worship. But what is amazing about these three prayer Word and worship are the three main parts of every Christian's lifestyle, or it should be. Prayer, word, and worship. And this is why I invite individuals uh, every morning do the first 15. Five minutes in prayer, five minutes in the word, five minutes in worship, right before you go to work. It's going to make your day much better. Can I get a good amen? All you online, give me a thumbs up or something. Let me know you're watching. Also... In our church services, there will be prayer, there will be word, there will be worship. It's all part of what God loves, not only for what it does for him, but what it does for us. We get lifted up as we praise and worship the Lord. So the next point that we made last week was there's two places in the Old Testament that described Lucifer's fall. Since we're talking about worship and he dealt with worship... I want to show you Isaiah chapter 14, and it says this, verse 12, how you have fallen from heaven. So we realize that Lucifer was in heaven, but he fell out of heaven. God kicked him out, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Reading on, it says, you said in your heart. Now, this, this is why God kicked him off the staff, because he, he said these five I wills. And this is what Lucifer said. I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. It's a bunch of I's in there, isn't there? I-P-R-I. D-E, these heights, the five I wills. And, th- and this is what got Lucifer kicked off the staff. So 
He loves being worshipped. He thought he was so that. And look at Isaiah 14, 11. It's going to show us something else about Lucifer. Your pomp or your splendid display as, as, the, as Lucifer has brought you down to Sheol. In other words, to the pit of the earth. And the sound of your stringed instruments. Most scholars believe that Satan didn't play instruments, but that he actually was instruments. We're going to find more about this in Ezekiel 28, verse 12. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. And notice this, every precious stone. Say that with me. Every precious stone adorned you. And it goes on to explain the the pearls, the gold, the turquoise, the jasper. Reading on, your settings and your mountings were made of gold on the day that you were created. They were prepared. Settings and mountings. But I want to show you a different translation. It's the New King James Version, and it says this. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Timbrels. Those are symbols, which represents percussion. Pipes, like flutes and trumpets and trombones. So we're, we're seeing here, and, and those who are musical are kind of already getting this, that he, God has described every type of instrument there is. Because there's three different types of musical instruments. There are stringed instruments. Those are the kind that you pluck. There are percussion, the kind that you hit. And then there is wind instruments. And that's the kind you blow into. So I've asked the band to stay up here for a moment. And I want to, just as they're getting ready, I, I just wanted them to give an example of the three different kinds of instruments. They're going to start with percussion. They're going to go to strings, and then last, we will add a flute. Now, I'm going to be playing an imitation flute because I don't play the flute only on TV where I act it out right now. So what we're going to do is give you a little illustration of the three kind of instruments. Guys, are you ready? Let's do it.
And that's what Lucifer would have looked like. Not them, but the instruments. Yeah, that's a preacher joke. Sorry about that. So which leads us to the next point, and this is where we stopped last week. So who is the new worship leader now that Satan has been kicked out of the heavens, brought down to Sheo? Who are the new worship leaders? Well, guess what? It's you and me. We are the new worship leaders, and we're going to talk about this because it was an angel job. Why didn't God get another angel to replace them? Lucifer actually took a third of the angels with him. So these are the fallen angels. Why? He had two-thirds left. Why didn't he just make somebody else the worshipers? Because his design was that we would be worshipers. That is God's design. Remember uh, the story of, of how God made man. And I'm going to talk about this, but... The fall happened before man was created. So before there was Adam and Eve, there was the fall of Lucifer. And God decided, I'm going to let humans take his place. So what he did is he gave humans, now get this, are you ready? He gave them two strings in their neck. And this is called vocal cords. It looks like piano strings, when they're hit, it actually vibrates. You and I have strings right here in our neck. And then we have a wind instrument within us. We have lungs, don't we? Talk about wind. And when it pushes up through the vocal cords, then there is sound. That's right. God gave us hands. These are our percussion instruments. All three that were on Lucifer is now designed for us, and we were created, and for thy pleasure, we were created, the Bible tells us. So, we were created to worship. In other words, I was born to be a worshiper. Yes, and amen. But here's the question. Are you doing it? Are you worshiping or is something else on top of the list besides God? Now, let's dig in a little bit deeper in this subject and let's see how and why God did this and what our response should be. So here's the first thing. If you're taking notes, God made me from him. God made me from him. In the creation account, there were actually two words that were used. Created and made. Would you say that with me? Created and made. Let's say it again. Created and made. And in Genesis chapter 1, God did two things. He created. Now the word create means to form something out of nothing. To form something out of nothing. That's what he did with light. And God said... Let there be light, and there was light. So that's what he created. Something out of nothing, let there be light. But then, the other accounts, he made something. Well, the word made means to form something out of something that already exists, right? To form something that already exists. And that's 
what God did with trees. Let me give you an example of what the scripture says. Genesis 1 and 11. Then God said, let the land, or the dirt, produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land. So some things were created while others were made. Well, why did he do this? Why did God make a tree have a relationship with the land? Well, here's why. God wanted there to be a relationship between the thing that he made from the thing that came from him. Where it came from. God says something like this. I will make them, so I will make land, I will make earth, but I'm going to let trees come out of the earth, and the trees and the earth will always have to connect to live and be in relationship. Now, I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. So, here's what I want you to get. They're made from the dirt, sustained by the dirt, and one day that tree's going to die and go back To the dirt. See where I'm going? And the same is true with Adam and Eve. Remember, he made Adam how? From the dust of the ground. We're all made of dirt. When I I say that, sometimes I'll I'll tell people, look at your neighbor and call them scumbag. But I I just, dirt bag. I'm not going to do that this year. He made Adam from the dust of the ground, and Eve came from where? His rib. That's right. And folks, I want to remind you again. God gave man, woman. She's made from one rib. There are no spare ribs in marriage. Remember that. So trees are made from the dirt. They're sustained by the dirt. Their roots grow into it. And one day the tree will turn back to dirt. Adam and Eve. Well, Adam came from the dust of the ground. Eve came from the rib of Adam. And here's a preacher joke. Warning, warning, danger, danger. I'm going to give you a preacher joke. When Adam saw Eve, he said, whoa, man. No, he didn't, but that's the preacher joke. What did he say? Flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. God wanted there to be a relationship between the two that he made. So when God makes people, Genesis 1, 26, it says this. Then God said, let us make mankind or people in our image. In other words, from us. Why? He wanted us to be made from him, sustained by him, and return to him. Are you getting this? I'm going somewhere. Your body was made from the dust. We are sustained by the dust. And our bodies one day when we die will turn back to dust, but not your spirit. Your spirit was made by God, sustained by God, and will return to God. And it's called the rapture of the church. 
Yeah. I love that. Your spirit was made by God. God breathed breath into Adam, made him a living creature. He was made by God, sustained by God, and he returns to God. So that's the how, how it happened. Let's talk about the why. Why did it happen? Well, God made me to be with him. There has to be a connection. There needs to be a relationship. Everyone say relationship. God never wanted religion. He wanted relationship with you and me. Because he already had angels. In fact, Isaiah talks about two angels and all they do all the the time for all of eternity. They just say, holy, 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 holy. And God's going, he had all that. He had that. He's not looking for religion and piousness. He's looking for relationship. Come on, somebody. That's what he's looking for in you and me. God's wanting relationship. Let me show you a scripture in Ephesians 5. We use this a lot at weddings. But I want to show you this scripture because it illustrates my point. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother to be united with his wife. And the two shall become what? One flesh. Now... He's going to change it all up. He's going to say, now you thought I was talking about a human wedding. He goes, but this is a profound mystery. Now here's the bait and switch. You ready? But I am talking about Christ and the church. A man will leave his father. Jesus left his throne and be united with his wife. The two shall become one flesh, not in a sensual way, but in a supernatural way. Man and woman on earth is the most beautiful relationship there is. And this is what is interesting. God is saying, I want relationship like that with that which I have made. God created Eve because man was lonely And I believe that God created man because he was lonely, wanting relationship. He would come and talk to Adam in the cool of the day, wanting that relationship. And when they sinned, they hid. The relationship was broken and and Jesus had to leave his throne of life. And he had to come to earth to die on Calvary and rise again to give us eternal life so we could have forgiveness of sin. Aren't you glad for that? Say amen. Amen. He didn't want just created angels to do what they were supposed to do. He created man and gave them free will to come back and choose him for the sake of relationship. So many people have this warped idea about God. They think when we get to heaven... We're all going to be fat, sitting on a cloud, playing a harp, singing in a choir for a thousand years just to get started. Folks, that isn't heaven. In fact, that's hell. 
Yeah. Do you know what heaven's going to be like? Do you know that when one person comes to Christ, the angels have a party? Can you imagine when his bride, come on somebody, when his bride is raptured? Just like what happens on our wedding days where a father will walk his daughter down the aisle. God's going to take his arm out. He's going to grab the church. He's going to walk us down an aisle to be wed with Jesus. And after the wedding, there's going to be a reception. And it's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's going to be rejoicing. It's going to be happy. There's going to be tacos. There's going to be chips and queso. Yeah, yeah. Fajitas, all you can eat for free. Awesome. Food and drink and happy. It's, you think about the best wedding reception you've ever been in, times that times a million. That's what it's going to be like. He's already been preparing a place for us to live. Whew, I feel the Holy Spirit in here. And I, I want to I show you one more thing. In Revelation chapter 21, verses 9, 10, and 19, I want to read this to you. Uh, One of the angels came and said to me, come and I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. All right. So he's going to show what the bride or what the church actually will look like. Let's read on. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high. And showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. Now he's, he's showing us what the bride is going to look like. Coming down out of heaven from God, the foundation of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. That's us. Yeah, we're decorated with every kind of precious stone. So what... He gave to Lucifer, let's, let's think about it. He gave them the three kind of instruments, wind, percussion, right? Strings, put that on us. But he didn't stop there. Lucifer had precious stones on him. And God said, what I gave to Lucifer, I'm now given to my bride. The precious stones are on us. In fact, Isaiah 61 and 10 says, He clothes us as a bride adorns herself with jewels. The Bible just comes out and says it. You ever seen brides on their wedding day? They're so beautiful. They're decked out in jewels. And if you go to eastern countries and you see how they're decked out, it is a, it, it, I mean, it is some kind of flashy look. And it's beautiful. And God says, I want relationship with you. I gave you a free will. If you will worship me, I'm so in love with you. I will give you what I had given the very angels of God. Now, I want you to think about all that and put this in perspective because it doesn't stop there. What should our response be? And this is the last point. God made me to love him back. God made me to love him back. God made me from him 
to be with him so I could love him back. This is what God wants from us. He has everything else in the universe and the galaxies beyond. It's all his. Everything is the Lord's. But he gave humans a free will to accept his love or not. I want you to turn to John chapter 4, verse 24. And we're talking about worship. And, and I'm going to tell you, I want to love God back in every expressive, beautiful ways that I can. Look at John 4 and 24. Yet a time is coming and has now come. Now, what, what does that mean? Well, this time couldn't happen unless Jesus came to the earth. So he could put God and the church back together because of the fall. There was these animal sacrifices in the Old Testament that had to be done over and over again. But Jesus Christ was going to pay the price for our sin once and for all. Okay? So let's keep reading. The time has now come when the true worshipers... Everyone say worshipers. Now see, we're, we're the study is about worship... When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Those are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Now, I want to talk about the word worship. Before I do, I want to explain a little bit about Greek. In the Greek language, there's just not an, sometimes an English word uh, that suits it. So what they do, they, they just kind of make up a word that best resembles what the idea. Let me give you an example. We've talked about this before. The Greek word for spirit is, is actually a created word. It comes from the Greek word pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. Spirit actually means wind or breath. We've talked about that before. Now, what didn't make sense to the early writers is that holy breath, trying to explain God, didn't sound right to them. So they came up with the word spirit because that, that is a word that they just created. But spirit actually, in the Greek, means wind or breath. So the problem is, even though they created this word, it gets the, the meaning gets removed because the Holy Spirit can put some wind in your sails. Can I get a good amen, somebody? Or the holy breath of God. And that's why we, we love this song that, that my uh, sister-in-law sings. It's called Breath of Heaven. It's talking about the Spirit of God. So with that in mind, the Greek word for worship, everyone say worship, is proskuneo. And some of you are not going to like this definition of the word worship. It's going to kind of freak you out just a little bit. It means the kiss. <laughs> not the rock band, no. It means the kiss. This is not the kiss of lovers. And this is why they couldn't translate it like God is looking for 
a kiss. I mean, it just didn't feel right to say that. So they, they use this created word called worship. I mean, it's kind of weird to say God's looking for somebody to kiss him because that doesn't sound right. So the Greek word as a verb means to kiss the hand, to kiss the hand. Like you're trying to honor someone. So with that in mind, this is what God is looking for. True kisses of the hand of honor. How many have a dog? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've got a dog. Okay. You're going to relate to what I'm going to say. My daughter, Kaylee, has a dog named Evie. When you leave Evie, she is just, I mean, she wants to go out the door. She is ready to roll at any moment's notice. But she can't always go with us. Right? So she waits and waits. And when we come through the garage, we actually, I can actually hear Evie's voice. And she's got that high-pitched sound. You know what I'm talking about? That, and the scratching on the door. She is so excited when you get there. And when you open the door, she jumps on your legs, jumps up and jumps up. She's licking you. You put your hands down there. She goes, lick, 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 lick. Jump, 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 jump. Oh, I'm so happy to see you. You've been gone. You've been gone five minutes, but it seems like five years. It's so good to see you. Ah, I'm so happy you're home. And she's only this big. But that's the word for worship. That's the word for worship. And by the way, cats will never do that. You know the saying, you don't own cats, they own you. Dogs have the anointing on them. Just trying to teach you the Bible, folks. Just trying to teach you the Bible. But the Father is seeking worshipers. What what is he saying? Well, like, for example, when we come to church... We should be all excited and and we're in praise and worship is going on. And and we say, hey, he's here. He's here. He's here. Look, 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 look. He's here. He's here. It's been a long week, but he's here. And I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to get on the front row. I can't wait to get on the front row. He's here. He's here. It's been been just a week, but it seems like a hundred years. And you're here. You're here. Oh, I love you. Oh, it's so good to have your presence again. And that is what God likes. And guess what? You like it too. Don't you? You don't believe me. You go away three months on a trip and come back and nobody's there to to greet you back. But you go away for three months and there's a whole team of people saying, Welcome home. We've missed you. That feels good. You like it. You like it. And we were made in the image of him. He likes it. He likes it when we clap our hands. He likes it because it's percussion. He likes it when we lift our voice. The strings that he gave to us to be involved in our praise and our worship. He wants your worship. He wants to be kissed in honor, to be loved, 
to know you, have relationship with you, and he wants to just decorate your life with these beautiful jewels. You women may not understand this, or maybe you might. Do you know that guys love to give jewelry to their wives? It's just something guys like to do. Now, we don't always get to do it because jewels are expensive, right? But when it does happen, we're out to eat. You sneak the little pair of earrings or whatever you've got. Ta-da! Who's your man now? We love to do stuff like that. And so does the father. He loves to deck out his children. I want to thank God. And Justin, would you come? Because we're going to end this message. I want to thank God for not replacing Lucifer with another angel. But we are in the place where Lucifer should have been kissing of the hand of honor, of worship. We now, we take his place. I I heard one, one minister say, because of Lucifer that took a third of the angels, he probably had relationship with the other angels that were instruments as well. And I, and I know some people have out-of-body experiences and they, they hear music, the most beautiful music. God can do anything. But there's, there are some belief that there, there isn't really any, any instrumentation, no real worship that's going on as far as music because of the angels that fell. I, I don't know if it's true or not. I, I, just something for you to think about and chew on and go, hmm. But think about it. Not one time do the angels ever sing we, we say they do at Christmas time hark the herald angels sing no that's not what the Bible says the angels said glory to God in the highest not one time does it say the angels sang it does say that he as God sings over us but it doesn't say anything about the angels and it's just an interesting point that his influence his sphere of influence could have been other angels just like him. But the fact of the matter is this. If that were to be true, how much more important that we be the ones to kiss the hand in honor. And not for what it does for him, but what it does for us. I have been healed. I have been set free. I have, there's been major life changes. How? By worshiping. Lord, I, I honor you. I love you. I reverence you. And I, and I know we're not used to that sort of thing, but in other countries, they greet each other on, with a kiss on the side of the cheek. Not, they, they don't think twice about it. Americans, we don't get that very common in other other countries this is what god is looking for he, he's not he's not looking for 
a natural kiss. He's looking for someone to reverence him as someone would kiss the hand in honor. You know what you could do to honor him today? You could give your life to him. And the angels would start throwing a party. (laughs) I want you to stand with me today, and I'm going to invite you. If you've never given your life to Christ, it's real simple. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, and you speak out with your mouth what you believe in your heart about Jesus, and that he died and he rose again, make him the Lord of your life. The Bible says to confess him as your Lord and Savior. You'll be saved. That's pretty simple. You don't have to do a bunch of works. You You don't have to work your way up to being good to get up to God. No, he said, I'll take you just as you are. With all your faults, with all your sin, because I've already paid the bill. (laughs) It's paid in full. So with your heads bowed today, I want you to pray this prayer. Maybe you've never prayed it before, but I want you to speak what you believe in your heart. So say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray to you right now of what I believe in my heart. That Jesus came to earth, died on a cross, and three days later, rose again. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is Lord. And there is none other. Forgive me of all my sin. Come on, tell him. Forgive me of all my sin. Your word says, if I call upon the name of the Lord, I will be saved. That's what I do right now. Jesus. Come on, speak his name. Jesus. Jesus. I want to sit at your feet. I want to be the one to lay my head on your chest like the song says. And I I, I just want to express my love to you. I want to express my feelings of how grateful I am that you died for me and that you rose again. You paid the price for my salvation and I thank you for it. I honor you in this place. I honor you here in this moment. And I ask you to fill me to overflowing with your precious Holy Spirit. I am your vessel. May your living water come as a deluge upon me and baptize me with your Holy Spirit. I will live for you all the days of my life. And I will give my testimony to everyone that will listen of the goodness of God. Because you're worthy. You're worthy. You're Alpha. You're Omega. Which means 
way before a beginning, there was never a beginning with you. And there will never be an ending. But in our minds, we can only relate to a beginning and an end. It's, it's all you. From whenever it's never started and whenever it never ends, how can we conceive that? You are worthy. So we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. May God be glorified in this house. It is our prayer in the mighty name of Jesus.